SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome, and we're glad you're here with us today. As you certainly know, you are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse. We publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Well, hi again, Terry. Hi, Tom. Where is our program path taking us today? Well, our focus today is on joy. Oh, goody. We're going to peel back some of these mental layers that influence how we feel, you know, those tendencies that can lead us toward or away from emotions like peace, happiness, fulfillment, and joy. That's good. You know, we've often been admonished by the Ascended Masters and the Messengers to look inside our psychology to uncover the programming that drives us to do what we do, believe what we believe, and feel what we feel. Yeah, and all of you who are listening to us right now are certainly aware that there is a complex set of factors in play for even the simplest of decisions <laughs> we make and how we choose to feel in any given moment. Oh, yeah. Are you in pain, struggling with relationships, finances, health? Do you find your life dominated at times by worries about the future? Certainly in moments like these, joy becomes an increasingly rare experience. And yet, joy should be more present and accessible to each of us. Why? Because joy is the direct and completely natural result of our alignment with our higher selves. Yeah, so if we're not feeling more joy, we have only to look within to our relationship with our higher selves to find the reason why. And we know that like a lot of things we discuss on this program, the reality is perhaps a bit more involved (laughs) to achieve than the theory is to state. Yeah, in other words, easier said than done. Yeah. But consider this. What if it isn't hard at all? What if there really is no reason to struggle to achieve joy? In fact, what if you could peel back the layers of your personal psychology at will in order to uncover your true identity, your higher self, and tap the source for all that joy, abundance, health, and love that you want right now? Well, you can. Your passport to a deeper awareness of your real self is the violet flame. And a little later on, we're going to share a special link with you, which you can use right now to access to access and harness this miracle spiritual energy whenever you need it. A moment ago, you used the word programming. I did. In relation to how our life experiences are manifested. And I think this is a very important key to understanding how we function as thinking, feeling, creating beings. Quite right, Terry. Most of us are unaware that there is a program in our subconscious mind that is basically responsible for what we experience in life. This is a program that we ourselves have built layer by layer, and its primary function is to give us what we desire. Only problem is, our subconscious mind doesn't really know the difference between what we want and what we don't want. It simply understands that if we're focused on something, uh, positive or negative, we must want that thing. So it (laughs) endeavors to manifest our desire. Yeah, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be alone. Imagine all the self-talk we engage in that is focused on things we'd rather not have, such as lack, poor health, and unhappiness. However, 
The subconscious program only picks up the key words, poor, sick, and alone, and presto. (laughs) We experience poverty, sickness, and loneliness, the opposite of our real desire. And our subconscious mind doesn't rest either. It works constantly 24-7 to bring forth our desires. So wouldn't it be a good idea if we kept our desires positive and focused on not simply hoping for something, but actually accepting it as real, present, and complete? And, well, sure it would. Obviously, we would all like to have what we truly want. That's a (laughs) no-brainer. Speaking of which, we hasten to point out here that we are not psychologists or (laughs) experts in the area of psychological and emotional counseling. No, we're not. But I think we all understand the concept of deeply held beliefs molding our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. This is basically Psych 101. But here's the real reason we're bringing this up. As you have heard us say over and over again on this program, we are all co-creators with God. It is literally God's energy that we use for our, our every thought, word, and deed. And, and we are powerful <clears throat> creators, too. When we stop to really examine our lives, we must do so with the understanding that we are accountable for all and for what we experience in life. Uh, this is why we have brought up the role of the subconscious mind in this creative process. Yeah, realizing our own accountability is how our lives play out. Uh, Maybe a bitter pill to swallow, but it is through understanding this reality of our co-creation with God that we will ultimately achieve our spiritual victory. This is literally the way out of whatever lack and limitation we now have in our lives. Well, take joy, for example. Do you have all you want? And if not, why not? We're sure you would agree that we'd all like to experience more joy in our lives. And, of course, we would, but, again, why is it that we don't? You know, a few moments ago, we talked about how we've built our subconscious programming layer by layer. Well, where did those layers come from in the first place? Well, parents, teachers, media, Mm -hmm. the list of influences in our lives is long, and we cannot forget that the list includes our personal karma. (laughs) You're certainly right about that. (laughs) But let's be clear. These factors are important influences on our lives and experiences. What we're talking about today are the choices that we make in the present, in the eternal now, that affect the quality of our lives. So regardless of our current subconscious programming, we always have the option to choose happiness, gratitude, joy, and whatever we want. We've just got to change our subconscious programming to include and accept these positive choices. And how do we do that? Practice. (laughs) Yes. For example, we can all begin right now to practice an attitude of gratitude. I like that phrase. I do too. Instead of lamenting what we may not have, be thankful for what we do have. Be grateful for whatever comes our way, because it may be the life lesson we've come this time to master. Your gratitude will give you the means to absorb the lesson and learn from it, whereas your resistance and negativity will only serve to rob the lesson of its power to possibly change your life. Another great tactic for achieving what you desire is to act as if you already have what (laughs) you want. Accept your desires as already done. Yeah, and be sure to imbue your desires with positive emotion. Thinking you have something you want is not nearly as powerful as feeling it. The more positive emotion you can generate, the more you accelerate the manifestation of your desires in your world. Be sure, too, to always pray that your desires are adjusted according to God's will. Most important of all, be sure to enlist the aid of your I Am Presence and Christ Self in this process. And what's the bottom line when you enlist the aid of your higher self and practice making only positive choices? Joy. Yes. <laughs> when you're aligned with your higher self and making choices that promote love, abundance, health, happiness, and peace, you will find yourself in a state of joy that will ignite your spiritual path and experience in more ways than you can imagine. So what can you do to begin making the necessary changes in your subconscious programming? First, always focus on the positive. Yes, and imagine and visualize that you already have what you desire. Sense it. 
Feel it. Know it. Believe it. Remember to be grateful for everything that comes your way. And most importantly, connect with your own inner divinity to empower and accelerate the manifestation of your desires. As we have said so many times before, you are a powerful creator, and it's time you took control and unleashed this creative power to expand your awareness of your life's higher meaning and purpose. You know, sorry if we're beginning to sound a bit like pop psychologists here, (laughs) but the truth of the matter is really rather simple. It just takes some doing to make it real and tangible. And for us, and we hope someday for you too, when it comes to doing... We have the science of the spoken word that we use to accept, harness, and focus the power of high-frequency spiritual energies, like the violet flame, to heal and transform our lives. This is how we enlist our subconscious minds, for example, to become our allies and deliver into our lives whatever positive things we put our attention on. And it is this empowerment that we will greatly increase our experiences of joy, because we're in control and we know it. We've not only got the steering wheel in our hands where it belongs— But we've got our spiritual GPS, if you will, tuned or turned up so that we're pointed in the right direction of our our hearts and souls are pointed in the right direction and where we want to go. So be grateful. Be positive. Take advantage of every life lesson that comes your way. Align your consciousness with your higher self and be utterly transformed. Will it happen overnight? (laughs) Well, probably not. But through the use of decrees and focused violet flame, Through the unerring assistance of the Ascended Masters and by your own willingness to stay focused, you will greatly accelerate your journey. Yeah, we'll give it a try. And to help you along, we'd like to give you a free gift. Go to tsl.org forward slash Violet Flame book and download a free copy of Violet Flame to Heal Body, Mind, and Soul. You said free? Yep, absolutely free. All we ask is that you sign up for our free digital newsletter, TSL Now. You can unsubscribe at any time and still keep the book with our compliments. Again, the link to follow is tsl.org forward slash violet flame book. This free ebook will give you a lot of valuable insight into what the violet flame is and how it works, plus plenty of practical instruction for maximizing your violet flame experience. Once more, that link for your free copy of Violet Flame to Heal Body, Mind, and Soul is tsl.org forward slash Violet Flame book. And don't worry, we'll mention that link again before we're done today. Okay, joy. So far we've been talking about joy as a byproduct of personal empowerment and as a result of the choices we make as co-creators with God. But joy has a couple of additional potent benefits that are really at the heart of today's program focus. Joy is an elixir and a powerful positive generator of spiritual energy. This is why we titled today's program, The Miracle of Joy. Yep. When you choose to embody joy, you instantly become a magnet for more joy, and you become a beacon for others to follow and emulate. Joy is actually infectious. It is so powerful that when you release, when you release joy, you unleash a source of goodness and light that can literally change the minds and moods of those around you, transforming them into light. And how great is that? And remember, in any moment, when you tune into your higher being, your I am presence and Christ self, you are tuning into the greatest source of joy in the universe. You'll feel it coursing through your veins, shining in your eyes, lighting up your world, because once again, you have tapped into the essential source. You have become one with the sun of your being. In other words, when you awaken to the light within, you awaken joy. You know, we've got to take a break right now, but when we return, we will hear an excerpt from one of Mark Prophet's legendary lectures on cosmic law entitled, The Miracle of Joy. Oh boy, you're going to really enjoy Mark Prophet's unique style and insight, so please stay tuned. (laughs) 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And welcome back. In the following excerpt from his lecture on the miracle of joy, Mark Prophet reveals the real keys to having more joy in our lives and the benefits we can all realize when we successfully align our bodies, minds, and souls with our highest selves. We are dealing tonight, then, with the miracle of joy. It was said many years ago by St. Germain that joy is the motor of life. We have heard of a number of cases where people were given up to die. And then some sudden interest in almost any hobby, even religion, has sometimes seized their life. And these people have begun to function with a feeling of joy in all that they did. And as a result, their illness has abated. We have heard of even cases of terminal cancer, where the people were on their last legs ready to give up their final breath, when for what reason we know not, perhaps it was the idea that they only had a few days left to live or a few weeks left to live that actually cut them loose and set them free from the sense of struggle, but they sort of adopted a fatalistic attitude toward everything and they started being joyful because they said, what's the use? I don't have anything to lose. My goose is already cooked. 
So I might just as well try to be joyous about it and spend my last few days on earth uh, in joy instead of in sorrow. So they started out with this feeling, and lo and behold, the miracle of joy took over. And the first thing you know, the condition of cancer began to remit in their system. And uh, they actually achieved a complete remission which medical science has been again and again baffled by. Now, science claims they do not know what causes cancer. We do know that great souls like Ramakrishna have had cancer. He passed away with cancer of the throat. So, of course, it does not seem to only visit the wicked, but even sometimes the very good. But we are not so much concerned with that as we are with the power of joy to affect the cells. One condition that seems to always be noticed with the onset of cancer is that people many times become very depressed. We also have noticed that people who are very hateful in disposition are sometimes the chief victims of this disease, which, as we understand from the inner, is created out of hate, either from this generation, the present life, or a past life. Feelings of hate act in this way, and I want to bring out to you just how it works. You have a cell, and the cell is normal. Now, this normal cell has an energy quotient, which it is required to maintain in order to be in perfect health. If the energy of the cell falls below its own natural quotient, of course, it becomes a disturbed cell. In the disturbed state, the cell may mutate, and it may become cancerous. If it does, the cell begins then to reach out to devour energy by multiplying itself. Some people seem to feel that the cell goes out and eats the cells that are next to it. Actually, it does not eat them, it simply begins to divide. And as it divides, it also conveys the characteristic that it itself has acquired, the mutated quality, and so the cells that divide also begin to divide in a short period of time. Therefore, it starts out very, very small, and because it keeps dividing, it begins to squeeze out healthy tissue and spreads in some particular cases very rapidly. Now, this is a frightful thing when it gets into vital organs, because it doesn't take very long before it can occupy enough millimeters of that organ to completely interfere with the function. And in such cases, people don't have very long left on earth. Now, joy seems to enter in to the cells of the whole body. If your mind becomes joyful, and not without a cause, of course, I don't think you can fool yourself. You have to enter in to some legitimate activity in order to have this miracle of joy take place. But if it takes place, it is very likely that the thoughts of your mind will affect the cells of your physical body. 
And there is a very, very strong possibility that this affection, I mean the affecting of the cells, will produce a change that can and has in some cases turned the mutated cells back into a state of normalcy and caused these conditions to remit. Now, joy is not only then good for you physically, it is good for your soul. The miracle of joy is the result of a very delicate balance in the organism, the total organism of man. It must take into account the perfect body, the perfect mind, and the perfect soul or consciousness. Now, consciousness should be the director of life in all of its departments. Whether you're dealing with the conscious mind of the consciousness or the subconscious mind of the consciousness. The subconscious mind, of course, takes over most of the uh, functions that are uh, involved in the beating of the heart, the breathing, and the flow of the blood the opening of various valves in the body, is all a result of subconscious functions. You don't have to telegraph messages to your body to take care of these things. Your body will take care of it automatically. You can go to sleep at night and not worry about a thing. So this is very wonderful. I think that the miracle of joy, the flooding of our consciousness with joy, will help us in manifesting the perfection of God far more than the manifesting of sorrow. But I still think we need a reasonable objectivity. We must be able to see what is socially correct, what is spiritually correct, what things ought to be treated as anathemas, and what things should be accepted without reserve. There are some things in life that you can just drink in and have all you want and never worry about it. And one of those things is beauty. And so, when you start to realize the perfection of God in your own world, you need not hesitate to enjoy nature. Now, nature is wonderful. If you get up early in the morning sometime, when you're accustomed to rising later, and you see the sun coming up, there is nothing to stop little shivers of joy from actually going all over your body. Now, some of you have had these spontaneous releases of joy. You've gone out on the brink, perhaps of a great cliff or a mountain, and you saw the first golden rays of the sun with a little pink coming up, and then the gold, and then you see it peek its head right over the horizon. And I don't care how many times you've seen it or how many times you will see it. Each time, the soul can be thrilled by it. But in order to have the miracle of joy really working for you, you should learn to amplify your feelings of joy. You know what I mean by a thrill? When a band goes by, like playing one of the Sousa marches, and your heart beats just a little faster, and you stand up there, and you watch the flag go by. Of course, this was about 30 years ago. Now people are not too excited anymore. But nevertheless... It still works for some of us, and we are happy. Now, what I am recommending to you in this lecture, The Miracle of Joy, is the amplifying of the feeling by your consciously demanding of life that life amplify that feeling. In other words, when you get excited, 
by an outer condition like a sunrise or a twinkle in a child's eye or some cute remark from an old gray head. It doesn't matter what it is. Don't be afraid to get with it. Don't be afraid to go into it. Let yourself just become excited about these good things because these good things will induce a feeling of joy which can spread in ripples from your little toes, your little pinkies, all the way up to the top of your head. And if you do that, you can even see yourself just standing there, you know, vibrating. You know what I'm talking about? You just vibrate that joy. And this is a magnificent thing, a great exercise, which when you enter into it, after a while will accustom your nerve paths to respond to the feeling. And so then, just as people reach a stage where they have these awful feelings of depression, and the mind follows the depressed state going down, 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 down. So the consciousness can go up, 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 you know, right on up, see? And you yourself are the one who has to decide whether you're going to do it. You will never have the results from the miracle of joy unless you actually practice it. You must participate. I think the miracle of joy is the greatest antidepressant, you see, in the world. You have to be able to stop the forces of depression, which in so many people have become quite natural. And uh, the moment that their minds are free for a moment in some degree of idleness, right away, what do they do? They begin to think, someday I'll probably have to die. <laughs> And uh, I wonder how it's going to be. Is the friendly undertaker measuring me right now? <laughs> and uh, should I pick out my tombstone or take out an insurance policy with Banker's Life <laughs> or uh, State Farm Mutual? And, uh, well, it's true. On and on they go, you know, and where they stop, nobody knows. And after a while they get from the tip of their toes to the top of their head so loaded with depression that they feel like a clod. And so they finally take two aspirins and go to bed and say, I can't face life anymore. Pull up the covers! <laughs> Isn't it terrible? But everybody does it, you know, until they learn to condition themselves to the miracle of joy. This is the only way we can survive here is to have to laugh a little bit over some of the silly circumstances that happen to us. And if you can learn to laugh at yourself, well, then you've really got something. If you can learn to laugh at yourself, you've got it made. That's the greatest problem in the world, is that we take ourselves too seriously. But maybe, you know, if you let the miracle of joy work in your world, before you get to the doctor, your laughter and your happiness will cure your illness, so when you come in, you won't have any. And this is very, very possible. You just try it sometime. At least it'll do this much for you. It'll keep you in good spirits until the end. <laughs> so my suggestion to you is that you develop a system of feeding your inner consciousness with joyous thoughts and learning to extract from life all of the beautiful things that are in life. 
And we have to stop it at that point. But gosh, Mark Prophet was one of a kind, wasn't he? He certainly was. (laughs) Well, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by another one of a kind, Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, in the break, uh, Sydney asked me uh, what one of a kind he is. <laughs> and I'll leave that to you to decide. But um, we, we hold him in the highest regard. Yeah. Uh, hi, Sid. Hi. Hi, Sid. <laughs> when we talk about aligning our conscious and subconscious minds, we're really talking about uniting our outward consciousness with our inner divine reality, aren't we? Uh, of course we are. You know, there was an old, uh, in ancient times uh, over the, the temples, there was a f- phrase that said, man, know thyself. And it's really man, know thyself as God. And right now, some of us are kind of a mishmash, you know. <laughs> uh, we've got our past karma. We've got what our parents taught it. We get all this programming through the educational system, through the media. I mean, do we really even know who we are sometimes? <laughs> And that's part of the problem, because if we don't know that God is within us, then we can't know the potential we have and the potential for joy and the potential for happiness. Because we think, you know, what's the point? I mean, Descartes, the French philosopher, said, man is born, he suffers, and he dies. I mean, how's that for a depressing philosophy of life? That's bleak. And that's a lie. (laughs) That's a lie because if you know who you are, you can begin to get your house in order, whether it's through diet, through the way you live, mm-hmm. through working on your psychology, through positive affirmations. I mean, there's so many things you can do in bringing God into the equation. 
So uniting our outer consciousness, our inner div- divine reality, is the path that we're here for. Yeah. It's to know God, and that's what it is. Since God is within us, that's the way to find God. Know thyself, capital S. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Well, why is it so important for us to get underneath and peel back the layers of our psychology? You know, this whole concept of understanding why we do things that we do is so important. Because unless we understand why we do things, we can't change those things in our world that we don't want to be there. Amen. And and that's why the Ascended Masters have said, you reach a certain point on the spiritual path where if you don't deal with your psychology, you cannot make any more progress. And so this is why it's so important, because it's not really you in a sense. It's it's a programming. It's something from your parents. It's a traumatic experience from childhood or another embodiment that, that affects your behavior. And until you understand that, you can't go about mitigating or neutralizing the negative impact of it. And that's where God comes in. That's where the violet flame comes in. And that's where good counseling comes in, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with that. And I yeah. think in that context you know, of understanding our psychology, we have decrees. And I'm wondering if you can tell us how do decrees coincide, you know, with the concept of the power of positive thinking? Well, decrees, of course, have many effects, but one of them, and especially, you know, we're talking about the violet flame today, it's a cleansing action. It's, you know, that's been called the cosmic eraser, if you will. (laughs) It clears away the debris, and we've all got it in our auras and our force field. Even just living on this planet, we pick it up on a daily basis. So it's not just our karma from perhaps past lives and this life. It's just being in the world. The violet flame cleanses and purifies the aura. It transmutes the karma, and it allows us the clarity to be with God at a different level and to go forward and deal with these other issues. The violet flame by itself is not going to resolve our psychology. You have to do the work. But in conjunction with it, it's a very powerful component because it can transmute the core of it, the karma that's behind it. Yeah. You know, we mentioned in our first segment, and um, also we heard Mark Prophet mention it too, is the need to practice. And I think that in terms of doing decrees or any kind of spiritual work, it's something that we we don't just do now and then. It's really, it becomes the backbone of our daily practice, isn't it? it? It's the constancy is the key. Yeah. You know, every day, you know, we don't think about it. We brush our teeth. We take a shower, whatever. There are rituals of the day. It's a 24-hour cycle. And probably the most important ritual you can engage in are the spiritual practices. And what you did yesterday may have been wonderful and good, but it was yesterday. Yep. And each day you build upon a momentum. You deal with the karma of that day, the energies of that day, the opportunities of the day. Mm-hmm. And so the spiritual practices are not once a week on Sunday. You know, in, in one sense, the Sabbath is every day for us. You know, we still have our worldly responsibilities and duties, but bring God into your life every day because it's the key for real progress. And mm-hmm. it is a joy to do it. Yes, <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> to keep it the theme of today's show. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Why are decrees such an extremely effective way of sending the right messages to our brains hmm. for accelerating our spiritual growth and outpicturing our purest and highest intentions? Yeah, you know, and I, I, as I think I mentioned before, you know, you want, first thing you want to do is clean up your aura, get mm-hmm. the debris out of there and all the stuff that's <laughs> impinging on your ability to even experience God. Because unless you clear away the debris, it's like, you know, Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. Well, for some of us, it's not darkly. It's darkly. It's, you know, it's pitch black (laughs) because of what is in our auras and what is in our world. So that's where the decrees become so important to set the force field of your being. You know, it's like anything else. It's very practical. It just doesn't happen. You have to engage in it and call it forth. You must call forth light to displace the darkness. It's a simple fact and equation of life. Well, and let's maybe go a little bit deeper into that subject. You know, one of the very important aspects of generating and sustaining emotions like joy in our lives 
is a very simple truth. Like attracts like. In other words, when we express joy, we attract more joy. In fact, isn't it accurate to say that whenever we express anything, we attract more of it in our lives? Well, of course. You know, it's as you, as a man thinketh in his heart, so mm-hmm. is he. Well, it's as he speaks, as he lives. And, of course, as we know, we're getting this energy from God, from our I Am Presence, 24 hours a day. And awake or asleep, we are qualifying that energy with something. Yep. That energy goes out into the universe, and guess what? It always comes back to us. And so if we send out joy, it attracts more of itself and bring back some more joy to us. And conversely, obviously, if you send out negative emotions and feelings, it comes back to you, multiplied by what it has attracted mm-hmm. out in the universe. Well. So it's kind of enlightened self-interest. Not only does it feel <laughs> yeah. wonderful to express joy yeah. and the presence of God, but it comes back to you and it's reinforcing. And this is, you know, Mark propagated a great lecture once on momentum, how crucial it is to the soul. The momentums we build determine where we're going. And when they're negative momentums, as Mark says, we're going down, down, down. Mm-hmm. And so you want to replace those momentums with positive ones. And and what's so crucial about this is you carry these momentums from lifetime to lifetime. So if you have a pattern of, of being depressed, guess what? When you re-embody, you've taken that pattern with you mm-hmm. and habits. And maybe it's even alcoholism, which we talked about. You carry it with you. Momentum is a very important understanding. Recreate in your life positive momentums to displace the negative ones, and your life will change. Another great reason to get underneath our psychology. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, do you think that we're being Pollyannas when we <laughs> talk about joy, given all the pain and misery we see out there in the world? You know, that's a good question because, uh, you know, pain is real. The trauma we yeah. have, the challenges we face are very real in our lives, whether it's a sickness or an illness or whatever it is, a circumstance. And this is not pretending that pain is not there. Pain is a part of life. But understand also that joy is the nature of God. In other words, God contains in his being all the pain and suffering that goes on on this planet and throughout cosmos. And yet joy is his nature. It's not the denial of the pain. It's not the denial of the suffering or understanding what it does to people. But it's the nature of who God is. And so if we allow ourselves to be so overcome with our problems, our difficulties, our tragedies, our grief, then there's no room in our life for joy. And joy is God. And so as we engage in joy and allow that joy to come forth, it doesn't always change what's going on in our world. We may still have the same challenges and problems, but we experience the presence of God that gives us the strength to go forward and deal with these other things. So it's not either or. Yes, we all have challenges and problems, and yet sometimes the people with the most joy are the ones that, if you talk to them, have the most challenges in their lives. Well, yeah. and I, that, that brings up, again, yeah, we, we may be hammering this a bit too much, but um, you know, I can hear some people still saying, well, you know, joy, sure, easy for you to say, but you don't have mind problems. Um, it becomes a very personal issue. And, um, you know, we're speaking to some degree in generalities, but really this is a, an equation that is specific to each person's point of choice, is it not? Right. And, and so ask, let's ask ourselves the questions. Can you actually experience joy when you have tragedy and trauma and grief in your life? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes. Again, because joy is not dependent on circumstances. A lot of people want to be happy, and that happiness can very often be dependent on circumstance life. If I have this or that, if I have a wife or a child or a job, I'm going to be happy. That's different. That's a human happiness in many cases. But joy is different. Joy, again, is an aspect of God. It's not dependent on circumstances. So don't deny yourself joy in your life because of the other challenges you face. 
you know, I, yesterday I was afternoon, my daughter got home from school and we went outside for a walk and there's in Montana, there's still snow on the ground here. <laughs> you and bet. took our dog. And when I saw the dog and my daughter running in the <clears throat> snow, I thought, that is the joy of life. There was an <laughs> abandonment. There was a, a let go of the sense of struggle. It was being in the now and just experience the duty and the freedom of the moment. I could feel it when you said it. And, and to let yeah. go of the struggle. Yeah. We yeah. can, we can, we can focus on our struggles 24 hours a day. And I'm not sure they're going to be any different. <laughs> but sometimes you have to let go and just give yourself into the arms of the loving Father, Mother, God, and allow yourself to experience the joy of that love they have for you mm-hmm. and the joy of your future as you're working through these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about our relationship with our inner divinity, our I am presence and Christ self as the primary allies in co-creation and in our experience of joy. Mm-hmm. However, we've got other friends who also have the ability to give us a sustained experience of joy in all good things, for that matter. And these are the ascended masters, mm-hmm. the angels, and the elementals. So how do we properly engage their aid? Understanding that the reality of the world is there's more than one, just, yeah. just our world. That there is a world of ascended masters, of angels, of those that have passed their tests in life. And to know and understand that their mission is to help us in any way they can. They are ready, willing, and able, but we must ask for their help. Mm-hmm. We must call for their help. We must, you know, uh, as Padre Pio, I was reading the other day, you know, you have to be persistent sometimes with Jesus, you know. <laughs> you, you can't say it once and let it go. Yeah. So as we get to know the Ascended Masters, and whether that's Jesus or Buddha, whoever it is for you, you know, study their words, studying their teaching, understand who they are, what they went through, their tests, and then ask for their help. Mm-hmm. They can teach us. They've been through this. They've passed their test. They've <laughs> yep. made it. Someone, right. someone that's, that's, that's done everything we've done, but have gotten there, have achieved their victory. You know, I, prayer is such a key part of this. You know, I write letters to God all the time because I love to put things on paper. It makes me kind of focalize my thoughts and I address them to the ascended masters. You know, yeah. this is my issue. This is what I'm dealing with. You know, whatever it is, but engage in a dialogue and God will be present in your life. When you ask for help, help can be given. If you don't ask for help, then it is by cosmic law, it can't be given. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So get to, take advantage of, of these masters and what they know and how they can help you. Well, you know, we've noted the power of belief in our experience and expression of emotions such as joy. And one way to do this is to build an absolute expectation of the results we desire. In other words, rather than hoping and wishing for something to manifest in our lives, we should believe and expect it to happen. Do you agree? Absolutely. You know, there's a science of alchemy, and St. Germain wrote a book called St. Germain on Alchemy <laughs> that tells you how to bring about precipitation in your life. And there's there's a science to this and, an, you know, an application of it. And it's just not wishful thinking. And that's where affirmations and decrees and, of course, asking for things always be adjusted to God's holy will. I mean, you may need a washing machine, yeah. you know, and this there's an alchemy, a way of getting a washing machine. It's yeah. the most practical thing. So St. Germain and Alchemy. Yeah, great love book. It. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, before we close out this segment, I think it's a wonderful synchronicity that your wife's name is Joy and my wife's name is Joyce. Um, I'd say that we've been rather successful in attracting joy into our lives. Would you agree? Well, I think it's more a mercy than being successful. Um, you know, my wife is also a psychologist, so that tells you what my needs were. But the whole concept of joy, you know, and I, as 
I've shared before, you know, I was a banker most of my adult life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, bankers aren't known for their joy flame, shall we say. <laughs> uh, you know, you see that sometimes the harder side of life and the realities yeah. of life. And sometimes I say to my wife, you know, you're not being realistic. You know, <laughs> yeah. come on. And yet that wasn't the point, really. Yeah. The point was whatever the circumstance and situation, bringing joy into it changes the equation. Yeah. And I think that's something I learned from my wife and learned from life. And uh, I don't know, Terry, what your experience is, but it really has helped me. Oh, it's amazing. I, I just noticed that Joyce is joy. I mean, she was named absolutely perfectly. <laughs> I don't know how these mothers and fathers tune into this, but it happens. Well, they, they did, and good thing they did, too. Yeah. If we needed any hints or clues, we got them. <laughs> well, That's we've right. got to take a break here, but please don't go away, because when we return, we'll continue our discussion of the miracle of joy with Sidney Bennett. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back for more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the importance of understanding the nature of joy and why it's so important for our souls to keep this in focus. Now, before the last break, we were talking about the joy flame. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you'd like to add on that subject before we move on? You know, isn't that an interesting prospect? We think of fire and the mm -hmm. dancing fire mm -hmm. and think of the flame of joy that literally dances <laughs> through your being and world if you will allow it. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we say no at some level. Oh, God, I'm not worthy to be joyous. You know, <laughs> I've done so many bad things. <laughs> I can't even be forgiven. How could I be joyous? Well, that's a lie. <laughs> We've made mistakes. We need to correct them and balance the karma. But joy is the nature of our being and it's the nature of God. And, you know, there's so many little things that, that help us. You know, we think sometimes as a path being is complicated. It's not complicated. It's simple. 
and the simple truths are what many people have gotten you know, to their spiritual victory, even mm-hmm. without these detailed teachings. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to mention, if I may, Tom, we have a series of book out called The Gardens of, of the Heart. Yeah, great, and, great series. And they're little handout things. They're like you buy in a gift shop to give mm-hmm. to somebody. And yeah. there's only one thought on each page, but we have a book on joy. And it, it's remarkable because these are all teachings from the Ascended Masters, and yet they're very appropriate to give to anyone because they don't mention the Masters themselves. But it's a little yellow book. It's called The Gardens of the Heart. And it's about joy, and it's a quick read and great gift books. Um, oh, indeed. You, you mentioned gifts, and it just so happens that uh, we're a few days away from Valentine's Day. Indeed. Those of you listening live, if you're on the archives, well, of course, this is probably passed by now. Husbands, pay attention. Yeah, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, gift alert. But um, if you go to Amazon, Gardens of the Heart, it's a series. Um, it's available in English and Spanish, by the way, and you will love it. Um, they are just um, such... Incredibly, wonderfully focused um, little tidbits of joy, compassion, abundance, things like that. You'll love it. Uh, Gardens of the Heart, and in particular, we're talking about joy. So look for that title. Yes. And if we didn't already have plenty of good <laughs> reasons to make joy a mainstay, a mainstay in our lives, here's another. In the book, The Path to Immortality, part of the nine-volume Climb the Highest Mountain series by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, there is a section titled, Joy is the first principle hmm. of the ascension. Now, uh, the ascension is the goal. So the title says it all, doesn't it? I mean, joy is directly tied to the ultimate goal of life, the ascension? Absolutely. To ascend, you must have joy. I mean, how can you become one with God unless you have the joy of God as the part of your being? <laughs> this takes practice. It doesn't just happen. You have to practice joy. You have to call forth joy. You have to seize the moments when you have joy. As Mark Prophet talked about, a sunset or a sunrise or the smile on someone's face. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fills you with joy. I mean, the joy, just think of the joy of knowing that God is within you. The joy of knowing that you have a mission, a divine plan, that the goal of life is reunion with God and that immortal life. I mean, that in itself is joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you avoid joy? And, and I want to add one more comment here, and that is, People that are working, say, for their ascension, if one has joy and one doesn't, the one that doesn't may not make it because of that lack of joy. And the Mm -hmm. one that does have joy may make it, even though they may come up short in other areas. So that should tell us something. Tells us a lot. And I think, you know, I I read that section too, Terry. And Uh in that chapter on joy and the ascension, um, I was struck by two lines in particular. And I'd like, you know, you said to comment on them if you would. The first is, and I quote, take care that your joy puts God first. And the second line was, and I quote again, the descending crystal cord is a bubbling stream of joy, and know that your merriment entertains angels. Mm-hmm. Those are nice images, wow. aren't they? Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do have a comment on that. If you look for joy outside of God, it is temporal. It does not last, whether it's joy in, in you know, I thought I was joyous when I got my first car. But you know what? I, it's in a junkyard someplace if it still exists. So it's temporal. It made its ascension. <laughs> I think it went the other way, actually. Yeah. But, oh, but, it was a Chevy. Sorry. <laughs> but understand that if you want true joy and lasting joy, God must come first. It doesn't mean you won't have joy in your family and your friends and your dog or whatever else, but God's got to come first. So mm-hmm. that, that's the thing. The second thing about the bubbling stream of joy, you know, I think about it. I don't know if you've read the book that's out now. It's called Proof of Heaven by oh. this neurosurgeon mm-hmm. that had a near-death experience. But one of the things he relates in there was being up in what we would call the etheric plane and seeing what angelic beings over him. And he said they were singing. And he said his sense was they had to sing 
because their joy was so great they had to express it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful yeah, thought? That, to be yeah. so filled with joy that you have to express it. You can't contain it. It's so great. Oh, I love that. You know, we wouldn't ordinarily think of joy as a weapon, but <laughs> when we are confronted by the sinister force to any degree, we can call upon our own joy flame in the joy of angels and the merriment of God himself to counteract the seriousness and unreality of the fallen ones, can't we? You know, oh, good question. There is a force out there that wants to be the spoiler, that wants to take away our joy. They've rejected God, and mm-hmm. so they've lost the joy of God, and they don't want us to have it. You know, I think it was Thomas More that said, the devil, you know, is a proud spirit, and what it hates is to be laughed at. Right. And so the joy of laughter is the greatest thing to dispel that darkness. You know, don't let them get to you. Don't let them spoil who you are. Don't let them take from you the joy that is rightfully yours if you claim it. You know, and we can't always laugh in the face of life, but we can take our stand and not be overwhelmed or lose our hope or our joy. Don't let them take your joy from you. It's your birthright from God. Right, right. Um, In Secrets of Prosperity by Anise Booth, she says that by putting gratitude into action, the joy flame will begin to sing in your life and that this is one of the keys to abundance. Would you expand on this uh, tie between joy and abundance? It's the whole concept of Mm -hmm. flow Mm -hmm. and of giving and sending out. And again, what you send out comes back to you. And whether it's an abundance of light and love or abundance in the sense of the the financial needs that we all have, it's a flow. It's an opening of our chakras. It's a givingness, excuse me, that allows God to give back to us. Mm -hmm. So this, this joy or the flow of the love is crucial to the abundance that we, that we need. Um, you know, if you wrap up and close up and, you know, bury your coin in the ground and not multiply it as Jesus taught us to do, then you will be lacking in abundance. Yeah, you can see but the closing down. if you give and flow, it returns back to you. Right. Yeah, you know, we're making uh, many different correlations between joy and some of the other aspects of our lives and our spirituality. And there's one I'd like to, you to comment on, and that's the correlation between the joy flame and the flame of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? You know, the, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. It allows us to interact with the Father and the Son and the Mother. And how can it be anything but joy <laughs> as we surrender and give ourselves into it and become one with it? You know, and surrender is such a key part of experiencing joy. If we're always kicking against the pricks, if we're always arguing with God and fighting against things, you know, <laughs> it's hard to experience joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't give up our responsibilities, but allow God to give you the joy of his love and be willing to accept it and let go sometimes of this sense of struggle yeah. and see how your life changes. Oh, yeah, let go and let God, kind of. Oh, The violet flame is also known as the joy flame. Uh, this is why people often feel this joyful after uh, giving forth this light, isn't you it? You know, it's true, because mm-hmm. what happens, again, we, get, we, we don't realize sometimes the weight we carry in our auras. Right. The violet flame will transmute that weight, will clear it away, and it's all of a sudden like the sun came out from behind a cloud. <laughs> I got to tell you, it's a real quick story. I was in the hospital once, and a lot of people were praying for me. And I, other than the fact I was sick, you know, I couldn't believe how good I felt. Because what (laughs) happened is all this violet flame was being sent to me, and it cleared away the weight that we carry. And I didn't realize how much, just on a day-to-day basis, we're so used to it. And so the violet flame will help you with that feeling of joy because it's, you know, cleans you up in a cosmic sense. Yeah, I love that. Well, you know, while we're on the subject of the violet flame, Let's give that link once more for receiving your free copy of Violet Flame to Heal Body, Mind, and Soul. Okay, here it is. TSL.org forward slash Violet Flame Book. That's TSL.org forward slash Violet Flame Book. Uh, God, thank you, Terry. Um, You're now, welcome. Last question, I think. 
<laughs> Jesus, Jesus prayed that, and I quote, your joy might be full. What do you think he meant by that? Don't settle for less than what God wants you to have. You know, it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean you don't have joy in life, joy in your family, joy in your work, joy in your service, but there is a spiritual joy. It is the fullness of joy. Don't accept anything less. We're being shortchanged by the world and by ourselves if we don't seek the fullness of God on the spiritual path and experience that incredible joy that he has for us, the joy of lightness, of wholeness, of feeling loved, of feeling at peace, all the things we seek which are permanent in God and can be ours as we seek the fullness of joy. This is why Jesus came and what he wants us to experience. We must take the first step, though. We must call it forth. We must become it because that indeed is our divine plan. And look what you get, the fullness of joy. Well, on that note, another what a, what a joyful show. <laughs> Indeed, another hour has vanished, literally. And it's time to say goodbye. Uh, I want to thank Sidney Bennett, as always, for his ability to bring the teachings of Ascended Masters into such clear focus. And we want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And please be sure to join us again. Yeah, please do. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out out of this world. world. Have a blessed and victorious week, everyone. God bless Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.